Hello and welcome to the Bricks Cast, everybody. I'm your host, David Hall. So today we're going to be switching things up a little bit where I'm going to actually be interviewing Aaron, specifically talking with him about Lego investing, about getting into investing, specifically like, you know, how to do that, if that's something you're interested in, and really just to gauge the Lego market because it is technically collectible. So lots to talk about. So my boy Aaron style, here he is. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Uh, it's exciting to be here and uh, talk about this topic that I've been wanting to uh, to do for a while now. Uh, I've been wanting to comment on for a while now. So Aaron specifically came to me about this topic and it was like, you know, I think this is something we could talk about on the podcast. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah I guess we could talk about it. Um, you know, I, I personally have a background in leg investing. It's not something I'm constantly doing it, you know, for, for my personal history, I will buy a Lego set, keep it sealed, put it in the closet, wait a few years and see if it goes up in value. Um, you know, a simple rule when it comes to Lego collecting is that especially with Lego Star Wars, and that's probably what we're going to hone in on pretty closely, but this pretty much applies to really any Lego set is they never truly lose their value. And we're going to be assuming sealed sets here. And we can also dive into the sets themselves, minifigures and get really deep into the details. But a general rule of thumb is that Lego sets never lose the value. So you're never losing money on Lego sets, truly, especially if they're sealed in box. Uh, they pretty much gain value the second that they're retired No, when Lego is no longer producing them. Uh, now, if it's an open Lego set, if you opened it, you built it, which is what most people do, uh, that set will still hold value. Even an open set can still, especially after it's retired, still hold its same retail price. But in fact, that can also go up in value. So, Aaron, I guess my first question for you today is, you know, what is first off, what is your background in Lego investing? And then what what specifically do you hone in on? Right. So so I, I want to just preempt this with saying I, I don't think that investing in lego is necessarily a um thing that everybody should do and i say that as somebody who only started doing it uh, about four years ago so up before four years ago i would get a set open it right away and build it and enjoy it as an adult and i understood more so how the inflation how, how a lego set uh rises in value and of course during covid I started to really understand it because that was when the Lego market had a humongous uh, inflation, be it artificial or, or real. Um, I found that getting extras of some sets is worth it and has become worth it. I think that um, investing is definitely an interesting game because especially recently with current sets that are coming out, uh, we're seeing a lot more frequently uh, a stagnation and in in increasing value. So a lot of sets that come out nowadays don't necessarily go up in value at the speed that they used to, with some outliers, of course. But, um, you know, set for set, there's definitely significantly less increase in value on modern day sets, which could, you know, be not the greatest news for the future of LEGO investing. But it is good news if you've already invested in LEGO, because that means your old stuff's probably going to be worth even more. So uh, personally, don't have a... Yeah, I have a huge background of knowledge, not necessarily of experience uh, investing personally. Okay, awesome. Uh, and, you know, it's worth noting that today is, what, July 10th, 2023. And it's worth noting that last year in 2022, specifically August, 
was the first time ever that Lego price hiked sets. We saw them across the board pretty much every Lego set, I want to say over like $50 or maybe $100 saw a price increase, which only added to this whole inflation thing that we're going through with Lego. You know, Lego sets are higher priced than they ever have been. Um, and so how does that reflect on the Lego investing market? You know, can you comment on that, Aaron? It definitely detracts from it. Uh, and I, I just want to correct you that it wasn't just sets over $100. There were sets that were under $100 that did get a price increase. And the frustrating part there is for sure that a lot of these sets that are price increased are sets that have already been available and have already been put on like clearance in certain stores. So you could have a situation where I paid $120 for a set, but my friend paid $170 for it because he got it at the new retail price. And I just find that's a weird decision for the company to do in general. Um, I think this is absolutely going to hurt the investing market. I think that if you are at all aware of, I don't know, the community as a whole, you should be able to I don't know, have a baseline understanding that there is a lot of people buying sets for investment now, especially, which is really diluting the pool and, and uh, it dilutes the market. Sorry. And I, I just want to preface, I'm not a financial advisor. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about in terms of financial terms. I'm just saying simple math of like if more people bought this set in the for the purpose of selling it if you does a few years down the road it's going to take longer for that set to rise in value and i think that uh some example let's start go ahead i was just gonna say neither of us are financial advisors just fyi <laughs> don't yeah. don't don't take our we're, we're you know that's not our profession we're just here to talk about the subject right and so i just want to give some examples um the tie fighter helmet set which TIE Fighter Pilot helmet set, sorry, which came out in 2020 as the first line of helmet sets, has seen an absolutely absurd increase in value, which, you know, it's hard to pinpoint why that's happened, which is really weird because, you know, in the stock market, if the stock goes up in value, almost certainly there's a reason why the stock went up in value. This set is, it's inexplicably gone up in value because it was released alongside two other sets and had equivalent availability as those other two sets. And I'm 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 also well, the, pretty sure equivalent. Well, just 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 to, just to interrupt you there, Aaron. I believe the Tie Fighter helmet was only available at Target. That was a retailer exclusive set. It was you know you could get all the sets available directly from Lego, but when it comes to like being on shelves, Walmart, you know, Amazon, it wasn't available. It was only Target, which I think did contribute to why it's gone up so much in price, specifically for that set. I mean, I think that that that's an under, that's a it's a different outlook because there are other sets that are target exclusives that don't have that increase. So that you can't, that may have contributed to this specific set, but I'm saying that you can't pinpoint explicitly why this set weapon value comparatively to the Boba Fett helmet, which came out at the same time. and is not worth as much, but the Stormtrooper helmet is worth as much. And it's, it's just Lego set values are dependent on, on a, a plethora of factors or Lego figure values, especially because figures are definitely way more popular for short-term investing. And over the last few years, if a Star Wars figure appeared in any media, uh, be it as simple as the name of the character being mentioned, you could go onto BrickLink and in real time see the price, of the average price of the figure rise, which is an absolutely insane, I guess I'll use the word phenomenon, that I just, I, I don't understand. And... Yeah, that that's just 
a baseline introduction to investing. There's kind of, you know, sets and then figures and figures are definitely, I, th I would say they yield more profit in the short term, whereas sets have the potential to yield more profit in the long term. So it's it's worth noting that if you're if you're new to Lego investing and you're wondering, you know, some of the stuff we're talking about here, Aaron was just talking about Bricklink prices. Uh, first off, a general rule of thumb to figure out, you know, what a set's value is is simply going to Bricklink, which is now owned by Lego. It used to be its you know its own thing, and then Lego bought it a couple of years ago. It used to be a completely you know, what, a second party market i guess technically is what it's considered now no it's third party. it's still third party even with lego owning it though um because it there is no direct lego contribution to the site in terms of like availability so i think it's a cost third party yeah i guess that's a good point um but if you go on to any lego set or lego minifigure that you find you know you just go search the set on on the website if you look down on the page uh, if you select the set you can see something called view price guide and when you look at that it'll show you statistics about all the sales in the last six months of both new and used copies of the set or minifigure and it'll have averages as well as the highest and lowest prices and pretty much everybody including myself uses that as a guideline of what a particular set or figure is worth that's just great general information to know so if Maybe you have never price off of Amazon. Yes, never price off Amazon. Amazon prices for Lego sets are absurdly much higher than what they sell even on eBay for. So yeah. it those those uh, markets are decided by typically sellers who are not exclusively Lego bound, and therefore they they view it as a. I actually I don't even know the justification for that. They just they mark the price stupidly high which is well, not well, remotely the value aaron do you know what amazon's uh like the percentage cut that they get the like the, what the what amazon takes yeah i think it's more than 10 percent, probably so it's more than ebay ebay takes 14 percent of the sellers i'm profit. guessing amazon's more because amazon has such a humongous pool of buyers I'm, i wonder I mean, probably more than 20 percent, maybe I wonder if that that's uh, that's part of the reason why it's so much higher on Amazon. I think it could also just be a contributing factor. It's so easy to buy on Amazon. You know, people have Prime; they can just click add to cart. You know, if it's a parent looking for a set, you know, little little Jimmy's like, "I want the yeah. Republic gunship," and mom goes on or the grandma goes on to Amazon, types in Republic gunship. There it is. It says new. You know, maybe it's $400, yeah, or... $800, $400, whatever the price is, just add to cart and be done with it. Whereas, you know, you go to eBay or Bricklink being a Lego specific buying site, you know, that is a lot more work to someone who isn't familiar with the hobby. I think that that's a great, um, I don't know, it, there's different levels of buying Lego, right? And And if you're going to invest in Lego, you have to really understand all of the available places to to sell the set and how much you can sell the set for. And it, it definitely, it also depends on how much you value storage space as. So if you can, you know, buy sets unlimited on clearance there and just keep them in your house for years and that, that's not going to like be a burden to you, then I feel like you're going to easily make your money back. But if storage space is limited to you after you buy like 30 sets, you're going to really run out of space pretty quickly. And I think that it's definitely, um, important and i said this earlier with, with modern day sets we're seeing less and less sets explode in value like they have previously once they retire uh especially with the prolific 
availability of the exclusive parts in that set, be it on Bricks and Pieces or the figures on BrickLink. Uh, and, and I think that, personally, I see the LEGO investing bubble for kind of, kind of bursting or deflating a little bit in the near future. Now, I, I could be wrong. This could be speculation. It is speculation. But I think that there's so much... I think that the supply has is going to outpace the demand sooner rather than later. You know, personally, I haven't. Maybe with the regular play sets that you can buy at Walmart and Target, but I think one example that comes to my mind is the Lego Star Wars Imperial UCS Imperial Star Destroyer. That was a $700 Lego Star Wars set. It was on shelves for roughly about three years before it retired at the end of last year in 2022. Um, and that set retailed, again, for $700, and I think now it's going for well above $1,000 new sealed in box. And that was only six, seven months ago after retirement. So you could have bought the set for retail price six months ago. And now today you could have gained, you know, roughly three to $400 profit already just when, just within that span of time after its retirement. I think that's an unfair example um, because it's just that set specifically and any, any set adjacent to that, first of all, has an obscenely high entry price with no sales nearly no sales to lower that price and if it does lower the price it does not make it a more available price in addition to the fact that the storage of that set is massive so i think that when i'm talking about a set i'm talking about a sub 400 set typically because i think that that's pretty clear that a set that costs that much money is not going to cost less money in the future just by the amount of space it takes up and I feel like this conversation should be, this this uh, discussion should be more focused around the smaller scale things, as that's more realistic for people to invest in, as opposed to you know thirty star destroyers. Because you know where are you putting thirty star destroyers? Like that that that, that is an insane amount of space and, a, and an, an insane amount of money. So I, I think that it's a given that it raised in value, but also you know I, I feel like that was also. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I just don't think that, that that's comparable to, like, the value of Bail Organa since the blockade runner retired in 2021. Okay. So, I okay, let me let me ask another question then, Aaron. I, I have this uh, – I'm going to call it humble investing, okay? I've always had this idea in my head that, you know, to someone who doesn't – they're not looking to make, like, a business out of Lego investing. This is not this is not a full-time thing or even a part-time side gig thing. This is just really lightly in the background kind of investing. And what I'm talking about is double buying sets. This is, like, every Lego set – and I'm going to specifically talk about Lego Star Wars here. You buy two of every Lego set. One to open, enjoy, you know, collect as you will – you know, enjoy the set as like it would intend it, which is you build the set and display it and, you know, put your minifigures on it and, you know, play around with it, whatever it might be. And then you keep the second set sealed. And in theory, you know, as time goes on, as you continue the hobby over, let's say the decade, let's say if you start in 2010 collecting Lego Star Wars, buying two of every single set. And by the end of the decade at 2020, you've bought two of every single Lego Star Wars set. You've opened one of the two uh, for every single one of those. And then you have the backlog now of all those other sets. 
it is fair to say not only will the second set that you came, uh, that you kept will not only pay for every single one of those sets uh, you know from that past 10 years, but then you'll also still make a profit on top of that. What, what do you think about that idea of basically buying more to pay for the hobby? I think that, uh, I, that, that that's definitely a very interesting uh, viewpoint because I, I don't know if that's like feasible for a large amount of people because, you know, think about the, the amount of money it requires to get to that point to where you can make the money back. I feel like it's not something that every person could do because I think that like if you're doing every set, that's that's a lot. But I think that it, 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 with that removing that in the context of just the idea you proposed, yeah, that probably would make sense. And I actually do know, I, I personally know somebody who purchased one or he purchased two or three of every Lego Star Wars item from 1999 until 2020 and then started selling it and made, you know, way more money than he could have possibly fathomed. Now, that's a different example because, you know, the sets that he got increase in value at a ridiculous rate uh but now i don't know i don't I don't know if that would really be viable starting like you know now in 2023 if you bought every star wars set coming out now for 10 years and waited i really do not see the value doubling in that time frame at all for all the sets maybe some but i don't think every set will double in value so, you know, just like the stock market, you're taking a chance getting into Lego investing, whether it'll pay off or not. But I, it, it unlike the stock market, though, it's would you agree that you're never truly going to lose your money? I think that like Lego. You're never gonna, you, go ahead. Yeah, I think that Lego definitely provides a unique investment in the, in the sense that even if your item never goes up in value, you still, at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm assuming that you're a Lego fan, have this Lego set. So it's not all bad if you lose your money. And typically with Lego sets, there's not going to be a humongous amount of loss in the price you paid versus the pieces you gain. Nowadays, I don't know, that's kind of a downward trend, actually. So maybe there is. But I think overall, even if you don't get your money back, you could still potentially have a nice Lego set if that's something that you're interested in. But I think that in investing, that's not something you should consider. It's just still a risk. Because at the end of the day, if you spend $100 on a set expecting to get $200 in three years and you get $120 in three years, that's going to, you know, that that's, it, it's not a loss, but it's not, you know, profit to the extent that you expected. And at that point, I would say the investing has failed because your uh, desired outcome was not achieved. Again, I really don't know finances and stuff, so don't take what I'm saying as like genuine uh, advice in that sense. Sorry. Well, okay. Let, let, let's let's take it back here. Uh, let's say that I, um, you know, I have some spare money, a couple hundred dollars, and I'm thinking about buying cure, uh, you know, a few, few Lego Star Wars sets here and there over the summer, over the first year that I'm into the hobby. Um, you know, is that a good start? Buy a few small sets, wait another year or two sell them, make a quick profit and try it again and just, you know, create a little cycle. I mean, where do you start with Lego investing is basically what I'm trying to say. Like if I'm interested in trying to make a little money off the hobby, where do I even go? What do I start with? Had you asked me this question 10 years ago, I would say with sets asking me now, 
I, I wouldn't do sets. I, I don't think that's a way to make money. I think that especially smaller sets, you will not be gaining your money, getting your money back. And a perfect way to, you know, visualize this is go on any resale app, uh, no matter what country you're in. Type in the new 501st Battle Pack, the one that has the specialist troopers and stuff, and just see the amount of availability of that set. Which that is a smaller set, obviously, so it has a lower bar of entry. But that is the publicly available amount. Think about the privately held amount. And the value of that set will not increase by more than, like, 30%, I think, for at least a couple years. So I think that the way to get into investing now is, if you genuinely want to, would be buying old figure lots. And going through, sorting out the figures, and then selling figures that you don't think will go up in value, holding on to figures that will go up in value, and wait, or just sell the figures that are expensive, because I think that a lot of LEGO figures are currently at their peak values. And... I, I wouldn't hold on to too many extras of a, of a set figure. I would I, I would say that figure investing is certainly the more profitable route at this point than, than modern LEGO Star Wars sets. You can invest in like old LEGO Star Wars sets, absolutely go for it. I, I don't think that like the 2013 gunship, for example, will be going down in value anytime soon, uh, especially given the new gunship coming out and the reaction to that set. So... If you have all these old sets, I'd keep them sealed if you don't want to open them and, and I'd potentially try selling them in a couple of years or even now. Because I'm sure... I, I can't think of a LEGO Star Wars set that came out before 2019... Actually, no, before 2020, that you wouldn't be able to recoup your money plus, like, 50% minimum. I'm talking about in the U.S. So, you know, I don't know. Just, you know, examine the market before you make any decisions, is what I'd say. Or examine the availability of an item before you make any decisions. Because typically... Now with modern sets, availability is, is the huge factor of how much there is, because there is so much of each set. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's also worth noting, we are talking specifically about LEGO Star Wars right now, but in the broader, you know, we're, we're calling this podcast episode LEGO investing, in the broader LEGO market, Aaron, I, I, I disagree that that st I would say you're still, it's still a good idea to invest in Lego set investing, uh, not just many figures that in the sets. Um, a great example is the modular, modular Lego buildings. Like those, that, that's some, that's something someone wants the set for, not, not the figures that came in it. And another great example, another IP theme is like the Lego strangers thing set. Like that, that's again, a, a set you, you know, some people might want the minifigures in that set. Okay, maybe that's a bad example. Now I'm thinking about it. But that is still a set that people would want the complete thing for. Uh, and, and that still can also be applied to Star Wars as well. So I, I think in the in the general broad set of the market, you know, Lego set investing is still a good idea. Maybe specifically, like you said, with the $20-esque Lego Star Wars sets, you know, there there is such an abundance that there's no point. Um, but when you get into the bigger you know, $100 plus any Lego set, you know, I feel like, you know, buying that set and, and seeing if it goes up in value is a, is a pretty decent investment idea, at least in my opinion. Hey, I see where you're coming from, right? But I, I'm really racking my brain right now, and I, I can't think of more, I can't think of any sets that have retired in the last year that have had any insane value increases like the Stranger Things house. And the only modular in recent memory that had an insane value increase, and insane is really putting it mildly, is the Corner Garage, and I still think that one's pretty available at right around retail price. So, although I understand what you're saying, 
and there will always be anomalies. Um, the Stranger Things set is absolutely the value of the figures. There is no denial that the value of that set is correlated 100% with the figures. So I think that that, that is not, that's not a great example oh. for your point. But I, I, Okay, well, how about, I got another example, though. Ninjago City, the original Ninjago City. That retired a couple years ago, and now it's worth literally right. like triple the price. That retired before and 2020. that is not a set you want the figures for. Okay, yeah. good point. What about city what about city docks same thing the, the before 2020 after that that hmm. or retired Wait, so retired in 2020 i'm saying current so sets. what do you what do you mean uh 2020 like uh explain so i'm saying that sets that have come out in 2022 and 2023 since the lego price hike is what i'm calling like modern sets or currently available sets stuff that's retired since that point or is going to retire I do not think will hold the value. Or stuff that has come out, I do not think will hold the value. Stuff prior to that, and I'd say prior to you know January 2022, has potential. But I really don't think anything after that has the ability to have insane inflation or insane um, uh, value increase as stuff prior to that. I don't think Ninjago City Gardens will increase like Ninjago City Docks or Ninjago City... Ninjago City. Because I think that... The availability, not the availability, the you know, the availability of a set once it retires is going to be insane. I mean, you know, there's so many people buying that set and thinking it's going to be the next Ninjago City Docks or Ninjago City. So, the like. Okay, so yeah, go ahead. What 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 you're saying? What you're saying is that there is more people buying Lego sets to hold on nowadays that the investment turnaround time is much longer with currently available Lego sets that you're not going to see in a, ret- uh, see a return on your investment for much longer than prior to sets uh, from 2020 and before. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that it's not, you know, I think I thought we were talking about, you know, contemporary Lego investing and I, I'm calling, uh-huh. you know, modern or contemporary Lego investing, you know, January, 2022 until now, because I think that it's not like, hindsight's 2020 we can talk about sets that have retired and gone up in value since then and you know be like oh this did this this that this is all speculation right now i'm guessing that sets that have come out since then or sets that have retired in that time frame with announcement that are retiring with some exceptions obviously like there's an exception to everything but i think that for the most part they're not going to go up in value well i mean yes they might not go up in value a little bit after retirement uh but it I think it's still a sure bet that at some point, you know, maybe it takes five years instead of two years, it will still go up in value, wouldn't you say? I mean, I'm not disputing that. However, I thought we were talking about, you know, the average person investing and not somebody who makes this their business. And the average person won't want to hold on to a set for uh, five years. Okay. You know, a business, yeah, that's whatever. That You know, that, that that's the cost, it's the expense, it's whatever. That, that That's something that's ingrained in their, you know, business structure. As somebody who knows a bunch of sellers who sell old sets... It's definitely like not a factor to them at all. The the length it takes to have a set reach its price that they want to sell it for, but you know, a guy who just bought you know twenty extra sets doesn't want to hold on to them for five years because that is like a large amount of space investment or or thought investment, and it's like I I don't see it being sustainable for somebody just entering the market now, especially if they don't have prior knowledge of Lego, because then they will make a lot of mistakes like buying eternal sets or buying, uh, 
uh, Freemaker sets or Resistance sets. Actually, no, Resistance sets is a bad example. Never mind. No, that's a bad example. Uh, but yeah, you know what I mean. What was what was the what what was the Lego app called? The the app uh, theme they just hit inside. Uh, got rid of hit inside. But yeah. actually, like, actually, actually, bad investment. No, 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 no. There is three sets from Hidden Side that were really good investments. The train, the castle, and the vampire manor, I think. Those three sets really were great investments because they've doubled in value already. The other ones, yeah, they were bad. But, like I said, there's exceptions to everything. In that sense. You, you know what I'm really surprised. You know what I'm really surprised that has gone up so far, so much in value uh, from a couple years ago was the Lego Scooby Doo line. Those sets are ridiculously priced now, like far more than I ever thought they would have gone up in value. I would have bought some if I knew how much they were going to be worth today. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. I would I would have bought forty five Django uh, Obi Wan's Jedi Starfighter with a hyperdrive ring when I could have if I had known that figure is going to become two hundred and twenty dollars. But you know, I think that. It's not productive to look back and be like, "Oh, I could have bought this. I could have bought that." Because yeah, we could have all bought stuff, but then guess what? It wouldn't have the value it does. So I think Scooby Doo is interesting because that set that theme sold pretty badly, from what I can tell. You know, it was on clearance everywhere, and I'm guessing there was just a drive after the theme of, of new Lego fans who got, got in the hobby and decided they want Scooby-Doo stuff, and that just rose the value of the sets up. So there is no way you could have predicted that, because I'm guessing, you know, had there not been a large in uh, large spike of new fans to Lego, that theme probably would not have gotten value as much as it has. So what do you think about, you know, it's kind of switching where you got to kind of wrap things up here in a little bit. Uh, what do you think about you know, last two years, Legos really put a push on 18 plus adult Lego sets. And I, me personally, I see that once, you know, give it a couple years, you know, I know we're talking about short term new investors, but long term investing, I really see 18 plus black box sets, um, ones that are specifically targeted to adults, even the expensive ones are going to go up so much in value once they've retired, uh, because they are targeted to adults because they'll have the money to buy for buy the set uh, even after it goes up in value you know, years down the road. Does that make sense? Do you do you agree with that or disagree? I unfortunately I agree, but I think that there is it, the the reason Lego's making these sets is to grab that one time purchase person. You know that that guy who loves the Atari console from his childhood and sees it at the Lego store when he's at the mall and he's like, oh, I gotta buy that set. And I don't think that'll change because if it's a one-time purchase, they don't know what it cost originally. So if they're on eBay one day and they see this set, this Atari set from their childhood, they're going to be that one-time purchase again. So I think that those sets definitely are different in that regard, especially the licensed ones. Yeah, I think it's f fair to say that if it has a license attached to it, Harry Potter, Star Wars, uh, Batman, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, the, the, the value is always most likely going to be there in the long term. Even traditional Lego sets, though, like the modular buildings or, you know, I could see, I'm trying to think of like a, maybe the Lego Eiffel Tower, right? The the $600 Lego Eiffel Tower. Once that retires, I mean, that's not going to retire anytime soon. Maybe five years from now, it'll finally retire. But I could see in the long term, people absolutely wanting that and, and, and willing to pay more than the $600 price tag, you know, upwards of $1,000 to have a 10,000 piece Eiffel Lego Tower, Le Lego Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I think that 
for sure the sets that I'm I, I'm calling them you know the one time purchaser sets will have a a uh, increase in value provided no other factors affect it such as like you know a, a mass availability or a huge sale on the set because I think that a good example to counteract that is you know the the 2014 sorry 2011 UCS B wing set. When that retired, they they put that thing on clearance for a hundred dollars, fifty percent off, and the set now is worth you know about it's gone up to five six hundred dollars if you're lucky, which is a huge increase from two hundred dollars. But it wasn't like that until twenty twenty one. So had you bought that set in twenty eleven for a hundred dollars, you weren't going to get more than you know two fifty three hundred bucks if you were lucky until twenty twenty. So I think that there could be a possibility for some 18 plus sets to be like that. So what it comes down to with Lego investing, would you say it, it, it's ultimately a waiting game and it's really a test of your patience of how long you're willing to wait and how much storage space in your house you're willing to give up and how much funding you have to even invest in it in the first place, right? I think absolutely. Those are definitely the, the most important factors to remember. I think that space for me personally would be the biggest one to worry about and then you know what, what what price you pay at it and then also you should also establish you know what price you want to sell it for and then that way you know once the set achieves that price that you're good with selling it and that will be so much easier in the, in the, in the, in the long term because i made that mistake where i didn't know how much i want to sell something for and now i held on to it and then it dropped in value and so I, I hit a peak, and then I lost the peak, and then I lost out on money. So just, you know, don't go into this blind. Do as much research as you physically can. Make sure you understand the product, and start small. See where it goes, and then and just continue then, I would say, if you want to do this. Personally, I don't see this as a, uh, you know, job replacement, but it could maybe be good for mock funding or, or what have you. I absolutely agree. I, I don't think this is, for most people, like, 99, 98% of people listening, this ideally should be a side hustle or just something for additional income to fund the hobby. Um, that's how I've always in, uh, looked at Lego investing is it's just extra money to get me extra Lego sets or to, you know, get me that extra thing. Um, I've never viewed it as a, a sole business to rely on. You know, some people will do that. I'm not one of those, uh, people in particular, but Aaron, thank you so much for, for joining us again this week. You know, I, I loved interviewing you. This was wonderful, man. You really gave some great, you really gave some great advice. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, man. Uh, I look forward to seeing this come out. Yeah, me too, man. All right. Well, take care and we'll talk to you again soon. See you.